Welcome everyone to the uh, Reading Magazine, another Reading Magazine live interview. My name is Jason Hug, the uh, editor and owner of uh, Reading Magazine. Uh, I am here with uh, Justin Seelig, yep. right? And uh, he is a local storm chaser. He's had his stuff on the Weather Channel, AccuWeather, um, all sorts of photos and videos. Um, so he he does. He does a lot, and I mean, he will go through this. We've been talking for the past like twenty minutes before we went live, and uh, and he has a whole bunch of crazy stories and uh, fun things he's been doing. Uh, but it's also the science behind it yes, and everything too. Definitely. Um, so it wasn't just a matter of you know all the crazy stuff he does. Um, but before the season starts, before all of the crazy weather comes back in, I figured we'd have him on and uh, we talk to him just about what he does. Uh, so the first question I have uh, would just be um, before we get into all the other stuff. It'd be what, how did you get into all of this? And what is your experience, your background? How did you get into weather? Um, take it away. <laughs> so for me, it all started when I was probably six years old, uh, May 31st, 1998. Um, there's a town in eastern Berks County, Lyons, Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. And uh, that date, they were actually impacted by a large EF3 tornado. Oh, wow. Or F3 at the time, I should say. And uh, <clears throat> it damaged probably 80% of the town. Uh, okay. There was numerous injuries and all that, and I remember that night clearly. Um, one town over, I grew up in Mertztown, and uh, I remember the power going out and the, the crazy storm. And then the day after, uh, my aunt actually took me out, and we went to see the, the damage in Lyons. And uh, rather than be scared as a young child, I was more interested, and I was like, you know, I want to see what causes this type of you know event. Mm-hmm. And uh, from there, it all just began I started researching everything I possibly could about the weather and then while researching about the weather uh, I found videos of storm chasers okay and to me I was like what's a storm chaser do <laughs> and um it's kind of how it all began and I was like I want to be a storm chaser and <laughs> but yeah, I grew up right here in Berks County, and uh, so how that, do you how do you go from that to going out yourself and chasing these things mm-hmm. and getting into that? Because that's not, I mean, obviously anyone can get in their car, but you know, but you're doing a little bit more than just yeah. getting out and running around and videotaping. So when stuff, I was right? younger, I reached out to a storm chaser in Pennsylvania. Uh, I ended up Googling uh, storm chasing teams in Pennsylvania, and there obviously wasn't much. Mm-hmm. It's not as mainstream as it is now. And uh, I found somebody up in Scranton, Wilkes-Barre area. Um, her name was Cade Matrona Bran, and uh, she runs Storm Stalkers Club. Okay. And then from there, every time we would get a storm, I would just call her up on the phone. And then, you know, we'd, I'd slowly learn things. As she was chasing, she would have, you know, videos and stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, she had a training class, and I took that. And then when I was finally old enough... I took a uh, Skywarn class with the National Weather Service offices. Okay. And then from there, I just slowly started building up on it. And uh, then there was educational modules that came up. And uh, yeah, I was gonna say, go into that a little bit. What uh, what do you have to do uh, if you want to do this more professionally or on a different level? So, what kind of education do you need to get or or have experience in? You should definitely have a basic understanding in how weather works, um, how the atmosphere you know is, and basically. You really need a good understanding on geography and stuff and where things are. Um, it's, it's a little bit more than just knowing where roads are, where you live. <laughs> if you really want to go out and be safe, my biggest thing is like if you go out, anybody can just get in their car and go. Mm-hmm. But you have to have an understanding because you can really get yourself in some bad situations. Um, there's many tools that I use radar wise, uh, correlation coefficient, and all that. Mm-hmm. So the average person, the only thing they know is just the regular radar. So I'd say if you really want to get into this, um, 
dig a little bit more, reach out to a storm chaser, whether it's me or somebody else. Um, even contact your local National Weather Service office. You can really learn a lot. Hmm. So uh, going out there, uh, seeing a whole bunch of different weather, um, obviously, you know, people see what it's like on the movies or on yeah. TV, the you know, tornado chasers, that kind of thing. And they assume that every day, all day, that's all that's happening. Tell me, I know even from being, you know, on the, the reporter end of it, the journalist side, um, that it's not always yeah. <laughs> action all the time. So tell me a little bit of what, what else are you doing that takes your time or all like the research that kind of goes into before the storm actually gets here? Because there's a lot of time so, before that, right? So for me, there's a lot of storm chasers who they're looking at the models a week out. And for me, that's a little bit too much. So I won't start examining. <laughs> I won't start looking at the situation until we're about three days out. I'll mm-hmm. just peek at it. And then when we're a day before the event, when the models are actually just coming into what's actually going to happen, I'll go on and I'll look at what we have, the uh, HRRR model okay. or the NAM model. And uh, I'll start analyzing different things then, so such as CAPE. Mm-hmm. You know the convective available potential energy in the atmosphere. I will uh, agree with you. Yeah, the temperature sure exactly is the exact thing you're talking about. <laughs> uh, you know the LCL levels, which is like the lifting condensation levels, so I can see where my cloud bases are going to be. Um, a lot of things people think tornadoes just happen, mm-hmm. but if the bases of the clouds aren't low enough to the ground, you're not going to get too much action. Huh. So that's one of the big things that I'm looking at. Um, and also, I'm looking at like the simulated radars. What's the simulated radar going to be? And uh, okay, as the day goes on, is it trending or is it changing? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really look for the trends. Um, so that's pretty much what I'm looking at. So what kind of seasons are there? Because uh, you mentioned before this that there's different, um, that you know, obviously you're not always out there every day. Mm-hmm. So what kind of seasons are you looking for? What kind of weather are you looking for for you to film uh-huh. and to get video of? For me, the biggest season in this area of the country is going to be the May, June, July time frame. Okay. Uh, May is when we really start, you know, peaking up. The western United States is really peak in May hmm. and then towards the end of May it kind of becomes our time um, so I really go by the trends honestly and um, progressively each year the weather is actually getting a lot worse really we're seeing as temperatures rise that you know significant weather is becoming more and more of a factor in the eastern United States hmm. but you're so. I do you get into the whole climate change uh, talk, uh, uh, thing or I believe that climate on the change spot. is happening. All right. <laughs> I believe that climate change is happening, um, and I believe that everybody should be doing their part to kind of reduce um, that. But, but you're basing that on what you've personally seen, yes. and and everything. I think that either way, I think there's a lot more dangerous weather in the forecast going forward for many years to come. And I think that winter is going to become a lot less, unfortunately, mm-hmm. for people who like that kind of thing. <laughs> I personally don't care for snow. Well, what, I mean, what did you think about this past winter where we really didn't have much snow? It was a snow. very mild winter. I believe, uh, like, Allentown at the airport, they only had, like, five inches. Was that really expected, or? No. The I don't forecast know. I mean, that's the front for me on, on the winter was it was actually supposed to be a very snowy winter, and that just, okay. that just didn't happen. And I feel like as we go on every year, it's becoming less and less. Interesting. And there's really no reason behind it. It's just... It's our climate. We okay. go we go through trends, we go through cycles, and that's that's kind of what's happening. So you do more than just um, you know weather chasing. I've seen because um, we're friends on Facebook. I've seen that you've also done some things with NASA. Yes. And so tell me a little bit about that. Uh, you went down to one of the flight centers. Yeah, Wallace Island, okay. in Virginia. Um, I went down there, and they had a program um, about snow. Basically, they're going to be sending out NASA aircraft to do research hmm. on the atmosphere over the winter. And uh, they were going to be looking to see what the size of the snowflakes are in correlation to where it is on the ground and why sometimes we have snow on radar and it doesn't actually fall onto the ground. 
Oh, okay. Um, so I got to go out and I got to see the planes. I got to meet the scientists behind it. And um, yeah. what'd they tell you? What they? Uh, well, they were. They told us <laughs> that things weren't looking very good in the northeast, unfortunately, and they said that they were most likely going to have to move the project elsewhere, oh. most likely west, <laughs> because as oh, much man. as Kansas and Oklahoma gets tornadoes, they also get significant snowstorms and blizzards hmm. more frequently than we do on the east coast anymore. So that was pretty much it. Then they were kind of they were very hopeful. Um, so as as being someone in the media, because I saw you had yes. the credentials and you were down there with a camera. Um, what kind of things behind the scenes did you get to do that people would not really kind of so see? So we got to go into mission control. I got to see where they actually launched the you know the crafts from. Uh, range control, they call it technically. And we got to sit at the desks. Hmm. Uh, we got to meet the commanders, uh, the chief officers. And then we got to go to their hangar and basically see all their aircraft oh, okay. that they have. Um, and then pretty much, that was pretty much... That was pretty much it. We didn't get to go to the pad that day. I really wanted to go to the pad. They didn't. I ended up going down at a later time, and I got to see that for the launch of the Antares rocket. I went down. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, it was it was canceled as I was there. They scrubbed <laughs> that mission, but uh, it was a nice long drive. So when you're going out, and um, so tell me a little bit about re- more recently yeah. um, some experiences you've had. I know you were telling me before uh, you went down to Morgantown for the tornado down there. Yeah. You've been to several other, um, diff- not tornadoes, but different weather events that have happened in the area. Tell me about those experiences. So living here in Berks County, I, the biggest area I cover is most likely going to be Berks County. Uh, when I chase, I try not to go east towards Allentown. I always try to go west. And... Mm-hmm. Berks County is it's unfortunately a weather hotspot for severe weather. Um, there's a lot of significant weather here, and um, a lot of times it, it kind of goes unseen on the radar. Hmm. Because one of the things that happens is our radar is actually based in uh, New Jersey. And uh, when the beam gets to new, you know, the edges of Berks County, it's mm-hmm. scanning at 13,000 feet. So if you have a tor- tornado at like 1,500 feet or so, mm-hmm. it's, it's overshooting that significantly. Hmm. So unless the rotation's strong through the column going up in the atmosphere, you're really not going to get a good picture of what's going on. Hmm. But, it's, you know, as far as uh, Morgantown, I was on that event. I was very close by in Moton. Um, there was significant hail on that, golf ball size hail. So that's where you were. That's that where happened. I was. And okay. then minutes after the tornado happened, I got a call from a friend, and I went over to Morgantown close by. And uh, I remember pulling into town. I went in a back alley, and there was a... A studio, I believe it was, a bunch of girls who were dancing, and they were like in tears in the parking lot. Oh wow! And I, you know, I stopped and I said, "Hey, are you all right?" And they explained to me that basically the roof of their studio just was gone. They were Jeez. doing their thing, and it was just gone. And uh, that's when it really hit me that you know a significant weather you know had impacted Berks County, mm-hmm. the place where I live and love. And it just happens know? too. It, it just like happens. it's not something that always yeah. the word gets out there. Yeah. Like I think it's easy for people to say like um obviously, you know, like snowstorms, there's a lot of hype, you hear about yep. it. Um there's usually a few days advance warning at yep. least in the media and other things or people are at least talking about it whether they're hyping it up too much or not. That's always to be seen when the event actually happens. But for things like tornadoes and hail, it's not like that, right? No, it's not. I feel like people in this area of the country generally, they're more interested in the snow. Hmm. But they have to to really consider that severe weather is is real in this part of the country. And very Hmm. real in Berks County, in fact. This is one of the top counties in Pennsylvania for significant severe weather impacts. Whether it be by tornadoes or hail. That's not what I want to hear. You know, straight line winds. and uh, Oh yeah, straight, yeah. Straight line winds. Uh, Because that happens uh, more often than not too, right? Okay. You know, um, hail, obviously we get that every year, so... Um, but it's usually not significant size. Like <laughs> Unless you're, you're someone from West Reading who yeah, may not like yeah. the word hail. So. 2014 <laughs> might be a nightmare for you. But, uh, you know, straight line winds is honestly, 
every single storm we have, that is a significant threat to this area. Mm-hmm. And in some cases, straight line winds can be more damaging than, say, an EF. You know, zero tornado, which has why is 65 that? miles per hour. Why? I mean, because um, people think of tornado, obviously, they're probably thinking more of like the like, movies and everything, but yeah. why is a straight line? Tornadoes, honestly, they they impact more of an isolated area. It's a very okay. small area. You know, the damage may be significant in that area, but when you're talking straight line winds, you're talking broad areas of damage. Mm-hmm. Um, or the winds just kind of come in like a bulldozer in some now cases. How, how, how broad? It honestly varies. I mean, you get a good bow echo. It could be a Doraco situation where, you know, you could have a swath of straight line wind damages for 250 miles. That's rare in this area of the country. <laughs> but for the say, average okay, straight line well, winds, yeah, it's, it's not oh, uncommon for it to travel miles. across a whole county or several mm-hmm. counties in Pennsylvania. It's really not. Okay. Every, you know, every event is going to be different, obviously. But straight line winds can be a serious threat. And every time there is a severe thunderstorm warning issued, I encourage you to honestly... Follow that warning. Every warning, every time. So I saw um, uh, who was it? Uh, the the Keystone was it um, the the Keystone Mesonet? Is Keystone, that what it's called? Yes. yes. Okay. Uh, I saw you were excited to see that. I kind was of very product. excited. To How see does that. that help you do what you do? So for me, when I'm monitoring, I will first explain what it is. I guess. So Keystone Mesonet <laughs> is a group of weather stations that are scattered across Pennsylvania in key areas. So they're along highways, they're at airports, Uh um, then they're at like big businesses. And they're basically, they're maintained by the Department of Transportation or other, you know, societies, airports. And uh, basically that gives us a real-time key to what's actually going on on the ground. Okay. So like I said, I mentioned the radar scans. Throughout the state. Yes. Yeah. But like I said, you know, the radar scans at 13,000 feet in Berks County. With that weather station, we'll be able to see what's going on on the ground. Okay. So if the radar's showing 59 mile per hour winds at 13,000 feet, you might have a situation where it's 70 mile per hour on the ground. Hmm. Those stations are key to actually seeing what's going on okay. and helping issue warnings where the gaps in data are. So how does that help you then when you're... So for me... Well, what information from chase, that are you looking for? When, when I chase the train in Pennsylvania, there's a lot of... Uh, there's a lot of gaps in like the data and all that, and that's just one area to see what's actually coming my way okay. more efficiently. So say I'm, I'm getting wind gusts of 70 mile per hour in Lebanon County, I can kind of pre-plan to position myself to where the storm's going to be hmm. in anticipation of those events. I guess that's pretty smart. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's kind of what I do. <laughs> I guess I worded that properly. Yeah. <laughs> um, so go into a little bit, um, like what, what time is it here? What's uh well, we have 24. Uh, I forget what time we started this at. What was it? Like, like 10.04? 1005. Yeah, okay. We have a few more yeah. minutes. Um, so tell me a little bit about um, when you get uh, footage uh, you know, from video. Uh, where does it go? How, you know, What relationships do you have with media to get this out and uh, to the public? Okay, so when I'm out filming, um, I shoot for Livestorms Media. Um, when I go out and I shoot the video, we basically get told what the networks are looking for. And I try to go out and I fill that need. Okay. So that way they can showcase that on the world news or, you know, the weather What do they channel. usually tell you? That um, they for? usually go out and they say that we're looking for, you know, say there's a major flooding event that's going to impact Berks County. They say, uh, we want flooding events that are going to be impacting people, transportation, you know, okay. highways that are going to be flooded. And I will go out and I'll try to fill those needs to shoot for them. So you're looking for a very specific... Yes, usually. ...event, yes. or not event, but you're uh, a shot where it's, you know, that if it's a highway yes. involved. Okay. Yep. Um, if there is major severe weather events, say there's supercells going through the area, 
um, you know, with, you know, hail producers, obviously that's going to be a need mm -hmm. and that will take priority over anything else that they had asked for, you know, mm -hmm. during the day. Um, but what I, I do is I shoot those, I submit those to LiveStorms Media. We have this thing called the Central Distribution Network and I upload that to there and basically the networks bid on it and, uh, they, and you get paid. And then I get paid, yeah. <laughs> is it as good? As, you don't have to go through any of the numbers, but is it as good as you think it should be? Or Because uh, a lot of people, you know, kind of like Google AdWords or AdSense, you know, people always think that, like, well, then you're just probably getting paid a boatload of money. But, I mean, you know, that may or may not always be the case. Do you think it's it's a fair amount, or does it really get diluted a lot? I think it's a fair amount. Um, I don't really want to go into the numbers. Yeah, no, no, bit, I, but I, I don't think, expect I think it's it to. a fair no. amount. Um, Honestly, at the but end of the day, but just for people out there who yeah. have no idea what if it's really even it's a good thing or not, you know, yeah. I don't know. I, no, it's it's a fair amount. The networks treat us really good. Uh, my biggest client is going to be the Weather Channel, honestly, and uh, they're very good to us. Okay, we got a really really good working relationship. And um, how many things have you had on the Weather Channel? Oh my gosh, I can't even count. <laughs> okay, so it's regular. <laughs> I've lost track. <laughs> Weather Channel and ABC News, CBS, Oh, NBC. you're dropping names now. I've, just, you know, I, I've lost track. Um, I've, I've had it's way just too so much big. Other. I'm glad to have is. you on the show then. It is. No, it is. <laughs> There's just been so much. I can't even... It's, it's really weird for me right now to be on camera because I'm usually the one behind the camera. Oh, both of us. Um, so. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I when you're when you're filming everything, uh, what... Um, not, not that I, I would be... I don't really encourage people to just go out and do that kind of stuff Definitely. but people do happen to be in the right place at the right time yes. what kind of things if someone was to happen to be in the right place at the right time to film something or to get a photo of something not that i'm not encouraging people to go out and get video you know, seriously yeah. though because a lot of times it is very dangerous um what would you tell that how how could they do something like that to better help the uh the weather community really i mean because that's what it's about it's not really a matter of so at the end of the end of the day i don't just go out and i film weather i do this to kind of as an educational value all the footage that i shoot is archived and they can use it at, okay. at a later date whether they make the weather channel makes uh, educational weather shows uh, oh, how okay. weather change history and all that they use hmm. those footage to kind of do that so i mean Honestly, I mean, if you go out and you end up seeing an event, and I strongly discourage you to go storm chasing without yeah. the basic knowledges, um, you can honestly call your local news desk. Okay. Um, they can kind of help you out there. Most times the media is going to want it for free, though. So I can't oh, promise I that you're going to get paid for it. Yeah, I mean, I, I wasn't specifically. Obviously, yeah. you know, everyone has, you know, social media. They can put it on there themselves yes. or even send See, it. See, and social media is it's, um, it's really powerful. Well, I was I was more talking from the, um, uh, from the weather research and that kind of end. Yeah. If someone gets a photo of, you know, something that's worthwhile, you know, how does that help? Because I know... Um, I know, you know, whether like for straight line winds, it's yes. always helpful to get a picture of, you know, if there's things down. So probably they can yes. they can know how strong it was, things like that. Right. I mean, that's yeah. that's kind of where I'm going. Oh, yeah. So uh, your first step should not be the local news. If anything, they, forward uh, it to <laughs> the National Weather Service. Mount Holly, New Jersey is the office that covers this area. Um, they can use that to better warn the people that are going to be downstream from the event that's actually occurring. Oh, okay. So that would be my first recommendation. So the first and thing the would easiest, be more immediate. Yeah. Than, okay. The easiest way to get a hold of them is going to be through Facebook Messenger, actually. They have oh, really? a Facebook page. <laughs> if you send it there, they'll see it like that. It's huh. honestly very instant. A good social media. Yes. Very, <laughs> it's, it's very helpful. <laughs> I, I would not have thought that yes. would be the first way to get a hold yeah. of them. That's it. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Uh, so what else do you have to uh, to tell us about what you do and, and how you do it? Honestly... 
storm chasing in Pennsylvania is a bit bit different than what you've seen on TV uh, in the western part of the states. You know, Oklahoma, oh, because there's a tornado Kansas. every second, right? Yeah, there's a tornado every second. They kind of get handed them. Uh, here, the terrain kind of is a factor. Um, I'll go out, and a lot of times the biggest thing is going to be the traffic that's impacting this area while the event's coming through. The yeah, mountains that, that sometimes hide what's going on down below. Mm. Um, so I think it's a lot different than the people who go chasing out west, and they kind of get a tornado handed to them, and they can see it 50, 60 miles away. Because it's all flat. Yes. Okay. Here i got to kind of work a little bit harder to get the shots that I get. And hmm. uh, for that, it's a little more rewarding when I finally do <laughs> actually get the shots that I'm looking for. <laughs> Uh, but it's also a lot of pre-planning. So, like, if I'm shooting straight-line winds, um, I got to... And you know that beforehand. Yeah. Okay. But I go out and I anticipate certain things happening. So, if there's a transformer over in this direction and the winds are coming from that direction, I'm going to focus more on that and frame that up. Oh, that's pretty smart. Anticipation yeah. of what's going to happen. Okay. You know, if I'm going out and I'm filming snowstorms, there's a couple tools that I utilize. So, I'll go on the PennDOT website mm -hmm. and they have the snowplow trackers. Oh, and I'll right. use that to my advantage to kind of frame my shots up for when they're actually making their passes by. Oh, so, so use, that yes. actually does so track I, I them use in a real bunch, time. Yes, okay. it does. Oh my so I use a bunch of different tools, <laughs> and also like say there's flooding on highways, mm -hmm. Google Maps is very helpful in that situation because you can go on right, and see where traffic is mm -hmm. completely stopped, and you can kind of try to you know spot where you can go in that area. Yeah, I, I try to use Waze a lot yeah. for that, yep. where it's yep. like people report in, you can see exactly yep. where yep. things are stopped. But uh, yeah. you got to really pre-plan a lot of stuff here. <laughs> when I'm driving just down the road, I drive my wife nuts because I'll be like, "That's a really good spot to shoot a storm from. I'm gonna." Mark that on my map real quick and come back. Yeah, how to does it, so? Time. How does your that's a good question. How does your family deal with everything you do? Because uh, for like what I do, sometimes it's very spur of the moment, or it's very like, hey, we got to go do this, and that's not something normal. Yeah. That like I have to get a lot of photos for what I do. So that's going around driving, get some photos around, or doing yeah. other things is not a normal thing that you're normally yeah. doing. My wife's very supportive. Uh, she usually knows a couple days in advance if there's going to be severe weather impacting the area. Oh, so you tell her? Where? That's yeah, good. I tell her. <laughs> I tell her. <laughs> She's not sometimes very okay, happy, yes, but I, I tell know. her. Um, and then I'll, I'll go to those areas and I'll point out and I'll say, hey, I'm looking at New York State. You know, I'm really looking at you know Syracuse and all that. Oh, so you're and going further away, sometimes too. Sometimes I do. Yes. <laughs> Depending on if, if it's a big event. Mm -hmm. Now, when there's different levels of events. There's, you know, marginal, slight, enhanced, moderate, and high-risk events. Oh, okay, yeah, If right. we start getting the, anything in higher than enhanced and moderate, I'll start going pretty far away. Hmm. But, uh, do we um, do uh, just to kind of sidetrack with that? What uh, I, I've seen them kind of forecast. Yeah. Oh, we're in a moderate risk now. Yes. Things like it. Does that really? Um, uh, is it really elevated in our area too much? Or because I've usually seen it only in like the mild yeah. or the moderate. So generally, what we're going to see is marginal, um, marginal to slight risks. Very, it's very rare that you get up into that level three criteria where it's enhanced or above. Well, I kind of feel like that's, uh, for this area, it seems a little deceiving as yeah. to it, it, the moderate doesn't really feel like, you know, when you get a storm in and like, oh, that was Those different levels basically translate to how how much you know severe weather is anticipated. Okay. So if you're going to have numerous storms that are going to be golf ball size hail producers, you're most likely going to be in a moderate. If you're going to have significant tornado producers that are expected to be long track systems traveling all the way across the state, yeah, you know, 10, 12 tornadoes, you're going to be in a moderate risk. Um, high risks, the only time that's ever happened is actually the day that I spoke of, May 31st, 1998. Okay. That's the only time Pennsylvania has ever been in a high risk. Oh, really? So they're extremely, extremely rare. Hmm. And moderates, you get those maybe every two, three years. Interesting. But, so back to your family. Sorry yeah. about how they do. So my daughter, she's actually very, very obsessed with weather right now. Okay. Um, when she was 
very young. We were out, and I was filming. I went to go film a controlled burn, hmm. and uh, we saw a fire NATO. Oh, you know okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, well, that has to be rare, too, a, a, too, right? Just a fire I mean, roll going up on the fire. Yeah. And uh, she... Yeah, you shared. I think you put a picture on that. Yeah, she's <laughs> obsessed with it. Every every time she sees a tornado, she just calls it a fire nato. She's like, "Are you gonna go see a fire nato, Daddy?" You know, she she loves it. She loves it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like I have a weather note on my hands. I couldn't be Is happier. it good or bad? I couldn't be happier. I couldn't, I couldn't be happier. It's gonna be a while before she obviously comes out. She's you know three right now, but uh, yeah, so it's a little she's bit taking of time. interest, and she's young, and I'm pretty proud of that. Cool, cool. So weather is a huge part of my life. Well, it's nice. It's it's good that your family supports you and, yes. and everything. Uh, what's the, how how what's the furthest you've traveled? Whew. So uh, I'll go out to like convention stuff. So I went out to Wichita, Kansas. Uh, well, I meant for more City. like going after for like chasing. A storm. I try to keep it really not a distance. If it's a good enough threat, I'll put in the miles. I really don't care how far it is. Yeah. So what in the background of that? What are you, you're just driving? Just driving, and then you're. Then do you stop and have to re kind of uh, figure so yes. out things? As or? I'm going, I'll make I'll make stops and I'll like say every hour and I'll reanalyze the situation. Okay. There's times I've gone out and I'm looking at it and I'm like, yeah, yeah, this looks great. And then I just pull over and I'm like, all right, I'm going <laughs> no, home. It doesn't That's look great. it. This is not good. <laughs> Man. <laughs> so you just got to kind of keep an eye on the situation as it evolves mm-hmm. and then make the choices from there whether to continue or not or just call it quits. And a lot wow. of times. Storm chasing is not going out, and you're not you're not getting something every single time. It's really a lot of busts, is what we call it. So you're really, I mean, so the footage you have on Facebook and yes. everything that's that that's how many years of of, uh, of working at it. That so it's these not last, every day. These last two years, I've been pretty lucky that I've, I've had consistent events, whether okay. it be straight line winds or hailstorms. But that goes along with the fact that I said the sewer weather threat is increasing mm-hmm. every single year. Um, it's it's honestly it's getting it's getting pretty bad. Hmm. I'm actually nervous for this summer considering we had a very mild winter. Oh, does that mean that uh, uh, we're just we're, we're in a warming trend? And I, with that, okay. you know, those warmer temperatures and the higher dew points, and you really start. So getting, that means more severe weather. Yes. And, yes. Oh man. Yes. So I mean, does that mean usually um, the more snow you get, it's milder? Is that or is that just basically because we've warmed up quicker? In yeah, the, we just warmed up quicker. I mean, some of the temperatures this season were. 9, 10, 12 degrees above normal uh, mm-hmm. consistently. There's really been no cool-down period. And one of the things that we, we don't have a problem achieving in Pennsylvania is severe weather. We may struggle to get some snow, but mm-hmm. severe weather is a lot easier to obtain than a <laughs> snowstorm. It's, it's <laughs> Unfortunately. Well, I know. Uh, everyone's looking for that uh, 18 to 24 yeah. inches of snow, but that See, doesn't for, always happen. for me... I'm not afraid of the severe weather. The thing that scares me is the snow. So I have no problem with the fact that well, we didn't get, get any. stuck in it or something. No, because for me, I feel like most people think the severe weather is more, you know, dangerous and deadly. But for mm-hmm. me, it's not. Severe weather to me, it's a very isolated area that's impacted right, yeah, normally, yeah. Mm-hmm. and a snowstorm can affect a large area, a whole state. Okay. And if you add up just a single accident or the, you know, the, some case injuries in one hmm. time, it's, I guess it's more prolonged. It's a too. more significant event, yeah. you know, like. Uh, through weather is not my fear at all. <laughs> it's, the, it's, it's really not. So, Snowstorms, I get nervous. I was going to say, you have uh, social media yourself. Yes. Uh, you're out there to get, tell everyone where they can find so you. So if you go on Facebook and you look up uh, PA Storm Chaser Justin Seelig, or just use at S-E-P-A for Southeastern PA Storm Chaser, um, all my stuff will pop up. You can use Google. Just type in Storm Chaser Justin Seelig. Um, you'll find plenty of resources. If you're interested in weather, uh, feel free to reach out to me. I can help give you an idea of what to do to kind of get into this line of work. And um, 
even help you try to understand what's going on when you know events do come through our area. Um, like I said, I live right here in Berks County. So, so when does the the next season or the start for severe weather again? So Are we in it now? Technically, tornado season started March first. Oh, technically. Um, generally, it okay. doesn't start to warm up here <laughs> until May, but uh, possibly as early as Friday we could see some storms. This not, Friday, yes. Not oh. saying it's going to happen, but the models do show <laughs> You're calling tiny now, indication right? <laughs> that there could be some severe weather. Now things change, but yeah. All right, that's cool. Yep. Thanks for uh, being here. This is Justin's, Justin Seelig, uh, severe weather storm chaser. Yep. Um, my name is Jason Hug, and this is the Reading Magazine live interview. Uh, we'll catch you tomorrow. And uh, just a quick thing, if you want to support what we do here and uh, Reading Magazine, all that we do with different articles and these uh, live video interviews, uh, go to Reading Magazine and go to the membership tab, rdgmag.com slash membership, and uh, buy a membership. Support what we do. And um, support what he does. Go on his Facebook page. Do you have Instagram and the rest of that? And I have Twitter. Okay, Twitter. Twitter. Go to Twitter. Go follow him everywhere he is as well. We'll put the links below uh, when we get to that. But uh, thank you for joining us. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you. I guess we got to do the... Yeah. There we go. <laughs> it's the times. <laughs>